Unless you have forgotten, that has been uh, our beginning mission this spring with these messages is to uh, get the presence of God back in the house of God. I think we are so far removed from the tremendous local houses of God thundering with the worship and the power and the miraculous with God that we aren't even aware what it's really like. And so we have to get this presence back into the house of God. And so this has been my mindset now, and I have to set it up because it's, um, I never want my messages to sound like I'm preaching down at you. I've never tried ever, ever, ever to do that. I tried to be very transparent because I'm one of you. I'm made of the same stuff, bleed the same stuff, act the same way. And so I'm just going to give you a little taste of my week this week. Got a little taste of it because I had an idea or a thought what I might be wanting to preach on. And, of course, I'm talking about the power of God and the presence of God. Take me into the Holy of Holies, God. Touch these lips, O oh God. All this various stuff that I want to have happen, that I want to be an example, the leader of this church, to, to usher all this in. And here's my great week. Okay, here we go. We were asked this week to... Uh, Watch our two grandsons because Isaac or because uh, Jason and Shannon were just going to take a little four-day break uh, to refresh their love for each other. You know how that is, just to get away and have some fun together. And we're like, absolutely, because nothing almost is more fun than watching Isaac and, and Luke. So that was our plan, and we were all pumped for it. So Tuesday morning, they're uh, waiting for mom and dad to drop everything off. The boys are already in school. And the first thing I hear Tuesday morning is Ruth throwing up. I know, that's what I say. I said, you can't get sick now. You just can't. Stop that. <laughs> I mean, because uh, we raised four children, but that was back when we were in our 20s. And so Rick, uh, Ruth is just doing her thing there, and I'm trying to really minister to her and be nice. But, I mean, we got ball games to go to. Uh, there's no time for, we got practice, if they're not in ball, they're practicing to be in ball. I mean, it was just insane. One has ball on Monday, one has practice on Tuesday, they both do something on Wednesday, one does it again on Thursday, the other one does it again on Friday, then you got to pick them up at school, then you got to get them there at school. Okay, now I just need to show of hands. Who went to the ridiculous yard sale in our neighborhood? So no, half of you have no idea what insanity is. We live out at the earthquake center of yard sales out there at Spring Valley. About the most ridiculous thing. Uh, anyway, so all this is going on in this tsunami yard sale of, of people who will run you over to get that 25-cent lamp is coming. Okay, they're, they're, they start on Friday morning. So... We're kind of okay in all this. And then in the midst of this, I have a huge switch that operates all the Internet to the uh, youth house, to this place, to the fellowship hall, to the, to the church, operates all the computers, all the Internet. It decides to give up the ghost. I mean, it's all, it's all integral. It's all just, it's beyond me. And my son Jonathan set this up years ago. I mean, he did a great job. He's been running forever. But now he's in L.A., and the switch blew. We're totally dead. I told Teresa, you might as well bring cards. 
This is, this, now this is our week, building up that I'm going to talk to you about entering into the Holy of Holies, the most holy place. So now, we're, now it's Friday, and we're afraid to death to open up our garage door, because if you open it, they will come. They will. In fact, they'll be at your garage door. It's crazy. You need to come live with us on that day. And so that morning comes, Ruth goes up to get the boys at 7 o'clock in the morning, and Luke's face looks like this, and he's in bed going, oh, oh. We're like, you can't get sick. Your mom's climbing a mountain somewhere in Tennessee. Stick the thermometer in, out it comes at 103. We're like, oh, for the love of everything. So we call the doctor, get this. We call Luke's doctor that he's been looking at. Luke will be 12 forever, okay? They tell us, oh, no, you can't bring him here because you're not as. We're like, we don't want you to look at us. We want you to look at Luke, the one you always look at. No, you got to get the mother to call us. So we had to go all through that, get Shannon to call. In the meantime, I'm trying to get out of our neighborhood to get Isaac to school. It's impossible to tell them, right, Ruth? Because it, it's just crazy. They will sit there like this. They're, you can't, you know, normal traffic's like this. Oh, no, they drive on park on every which way that they possibly can. You're trying to come out with a sick boy or get him to school. They're looking at their 25-cent lamp, and bless God, they aren't moving. They're not. It's insane. It's just crazy. So I'm fine. I mean, I'm going over things, around things, through things supposed to be godly. I'm wishing I had a tank. It's the truth. All of, what is that, airport, air wood is totally parked and you got one lane. So if you are on airport, make a left on air wood and I make a uh, left on Spring Valley to get to airport, that's it. Baddest man wins. That's the truth. You, there's nowhere to go and I'm trying to get him to school a few cars behind me, Ruth finally gets a doctor's appointment. She's trying to get Luke to the doctors. And if I would have had a tank, I would have blasted all those cars right off the road. I would have. And then you got the mob of people that they know you're coming. They could care less. And I'm telling you, my foot was quivering on the gas pedal. You can't do this. You're saved. You can't. You can't do this. You just can't run them over. You can't. I just. I just filled it up with windshield washer. No one will know. I'll just blast them off my windshield. That's, I'm telling you. I'm trying to be transparent to you. Finally, Luke gets back home. He has all kinds of things wrong with him. We stick him in our bed. He's doing fairly good. God was merciful. Broke the temperature. I finally get back. Ruth and I are absolutely worn out. The garage door's down. We didn't want anybody, we didn't want to buy nothing. Get out of here. Don't get, leave us alone. Okay? Someone walks into our driveway, and I'm talking to someone else, and all of a sudden I hear someone scream. This old fella decides to hit the deck in the middle of my driveway. We're not even selling anything. I mean, he bounced off the deck. There's blood everywhere. I'm thinking, dude, there's 60 driveways here. You don't know what kind of week. I don't need this. <laughs> the truth. 
telling you, it's the truth. It's the truth. I'm just being honest as I'm thinking about, I'm going to enter into the Holy of Holies. I actually started laughing, Rod, when you were singing that song, and then you closed it, and you sang it again. We will sing with the glittering crown on our brow. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm not going to get any crown, and it won't be glittering. What I get, the truth. I'm, is, isn't it all truth, Ruth? There's, I'm not exaggerating. That's exactly what happened. Thank be to God that every angel and the power of God made me remember to at least pray for the guy. But I'm thinking, dude, all these other, what do you, get up and get up. I'm up to here. I don't want to serve nobody. I don't want to help nobody anymore. I don't want to sell nothing. I just want to run you over and smash your car with a tank. Bless God. So I finally get to the office. Look, I left to my office like 7 o'clock Saturday morning before the next tsunami of crazy people come. And I'm sitting at 7 o'clock, and I'm not an amped up type person, and I'm like this in there. I'm amped up with not good amps. It's bad amps. And I'm thinking, how in the Lord's name am I going to get a hold of God? You're trying to get a message. And then I remembered, I can't even use my computer. So here's another dumb thing I did that week I forgot to tell you. I hurry up and order the part that I needed to get the computer because the whole office, sanctuary, everything's dead. I ordered it. It's supposed to take two days. And I'm thinking, I'm not even trusting us being here at the office to get it because I never know when I get a call and I got to leave. I'm sending it to my house. Oh, sweet Lord Jesus. I forgot about the tsunamis that were... Look, here's what happens. The garbage truck looks down here and says, no way. The mail lady looks down here and says, are you kidding? The school bus won't even come down. No alone trying to get the squad, by the way. I had, we had to have the squad come to our house. Yeah, so you ready for a real good one? Yeah. So Jonathan, who's three hours behind me, I'm sitting at the office at 7 o'clock in the morning thinking, no problem. He told me what to do. I'll get this switch. It has 24 ports on it. He said, just plug them in. No big deal. I open it up, the new switch, open it up, it's got 16. I'm going, oh, for the love of God. It's 7 in the morning. I can't call John. I'm in the office. I'm not going back home. I can't pray because I'm all amped up with bad thoughts. Just wanting to scrub people off my windshield. Uh-huh. That's the truth. It's all the truth. And besides all that, I dropped this huge weight on my foot that would make me sing way higher than Audrey. So now, are you ready to enter into the most holy place? Like I am. That, that was just this week. It really was. That's the truth. Ask Ruth, when I'm not around, she'll testify. It, it gets me all pumped when I just think of all those crazy people again. In the work of trying to bring salvation to them and you're wanting to run them over. Not good, but 
The idea is, here, look. I'm sitting in my office, finally calming down, thinking, man, look how, how far man can fall quick. How we can, you know, be singing one sweet thing, and the next thing, yeah, get out of my way. Or, And I'm thinking, Lord Almighty, will you please help me? You've got to help. If you don't help me, God, I'm just done. It's just, it's just, that stuff is in all of us. And all that happened was kind of a pain, but wasn't horrible. Not horrible. Every little child gets sick. Everybody got to go to ball games. Everybody kicks something or drops something's on their foot, and everybody's wife gets sick once in a while. And then, being bummed at all that, and then the dude's finally in the squad and gone. I'm cleaning up what he left. All the blood in my driveway. And I'm down there scrubbing, going, oh, for the love of everything. And the lady that was with us said, you know, out of all the places to faint, to hit the deck, to drop over, I'd want it to be your house. I'm going... Inside, I'm going, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Now, the most holy place. We must get the power and the presence of God back. And look, I brought all that out, not to make you just laugh. I want you to see what God has to work with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is what he has to work with. And somehow, he's so miraculous, I'm going to end up with a glittering thing on my head. It's just amazing what he can do. And so, in spite, even when I look at this, I'm standing behind the altar, I'm going, uh, the cross, I'm going, God, are you kidding me? How am I? And it, but it has nothing to do with me. It's what he is. And in order to get the presence of God and the power of God back in the house, we've got to go back to the Word of God. And we can't just look at it and go, uh -huh, uh -huh. you got to have it in your life. You must. Because it'll work. It really will. And so Exodus 26, 34, we'll start there. It says, and thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. See, there's something in that most holy place. That's why we want to get there. And what's in there is the presence of God. And we live our lives and conduct our fears and our marriages and everything outside of the holy presence of God. So he put the mercy seat upon the Ark of the Testimony in the most holy place. The Ark of the Covenant here called the Ark of the Testimony was behind the veil in the most holy place. The most holy place. The mercy seat, actually the, the, the lid to the ark was made of pure gold. Made with sculptured figurines of the cherubims. Everybody maybe watched Raiders of the Last Ark. The first one with the ark and the golden cherubim. And in the middle was a type of the mercy seat, was the, a type of the presence of God. And this is what we want in the middle of us. So in this, this picture provided by the Ark of the Covenant was this God dwelt between the two cherubims and met Israel there. What are you here for this morning? Please, you're not here for me. What can I do for you? 
I can't even keep myself straight in my own house. You mind if I take my shoes off? I just, it hurts. <laughs> and then that's even embarrassing because I spent the other day, because the computers wouldn't work, I'm reading the Voices of the Martyrs magazine and they're telling me what all those pastors go through to continue to <laughs> preach the Word of God. And I'm going, ooh. We are a bunch of baby Ueys. Are you guys old enough to know who baby Uwe is? Who doesn't know what baby Uwe is? Come on. Jeez. All right, well, he was just a baby. Put it that way. We'll put it that way. All right, Luke 16, 14. Now, let's look at this. Look, the object is, is to get to the presence of God, the tangible, holy, kabod, awesome, heavy presence of God back in the house of God. So Leviticus 16, 14 says, And you shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. Now, I guess I should slow down a little. I know time. We had a lot of announcements. The high priest only in the day could go into the holy of holies. And he had to take, he could only go in by blood. He had to dip his finger. He had to do these, this blood ritual because it was a type of the covering of the sin by the blood of the lamb. It was all foreshadow and a type of what was coming. The tabernacle was a tent that God told them to build, listen, so he could be with you, so he could abide with you. As they wandered around the desert, they would put this tent up, and the presence of God, tangible presence, would settle into the most holy place so he could be with you. So God, part, he wants to be with us. So he takes the blood of the bull, sprinkles it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. Before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring his blood within the veil and do with the blood as he did with the blood of the bull. Sprinkle it upon the mercy seat before the mercy seat. He shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel because of their transgressions and all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remain among them in the midst of their uncleanness. That's what we are. We are unclean. Now, Exodus 25, 22 tells you, listen what God says because he said, I want you to make me an ark. I want you to put the cherubims overlaid with gold. I want you to make a mercy seat. And here's why. This is awesome. Verse 22 says, and there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee. Look, he's not a God far up yonder. God is so awesome, so wonderful, so beautiful, so powerful, yet he says, I'll come and live in a tent so I can be with you. The presence of God, the holy presence of God. So if you're sitting there going, yeah, well, what's happened? Well, that's what we're trying to find out and get back to. Because God is more than willing to want to reside and be with us. The most holy place now is your heart. He says, I will meet you there and I will commune with you there from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. 
that's just absolutely amazing. It was as if God was looking down from his dwelling place between the cherubims, saw the law in the ark, because inside the ark was the tabernacle, the testimony, the Ten Commandments. And he knew that we were guilty of breaking those laws. We can't keep a lick. But his atoning blood that is being sprinkled, sacrifice was sprinkled on the mercy seat so that God saw the blood covering and the breaking of his law and forgiveness could be offered because of the blood of a sinless bull or goat, sheep, which would soon would be coming, the blood, and we were offered forgiveness. It was all a type and a shadow. So to sit here and think, wow, where the heck's God? No, 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 no. Where the heck are you? It's not God. God did it all. You and I don't have time for God. Now, God is strikingly holy. He's not just holy. He's overwhelmingly, awesomely, indescribably holy. God is. Oh, He is. He really is. He is perfect light. Perfect truth, perfect justice, and perfect love, and perfect holiness. You're God's. There isn't a thing that we can compare him to. You remember last year when we were on that lake? This looked a little bit like that. There's nothing we can compare him to. You remember the car we had two years ago? It kind of reminds me. No, there's nothing. We have nothing that we can compare him to. Which reminded me of the scriptures in Exodus when it says, Who is like unto thee, O God? Lord, who, who on earth is like you among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? There's no one. How can, who can we compare him? The Pope? Who can we? We have nothing. To compare, he's strikingly holy, perfect in love and in truth. He cannot be explained, only exalted. Can't be explained. How can you explain God? You just exalt him. He cannot be analyzed, he only adored. I can't, I don't know. Sitting in my office going, how am I supposed to put together? I'm full of all that. I'm amped up with just these people driving me. Jeez, God. Well, this is kind of appropriate. I didn't do it for this reason. But Moses couldn't even approach the burning bush. A bush being set ablaze by the presence of God, yet not being consumed, which is what he wanted to do to you and I. Set us ablaze, but not consumed. Uh, and he told Moses, he said, ho, 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 hold up, buddy. Ho, hold up. Don't come here unless you take off those shoes from off thy feet for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. I don't know if this, this ricochet. What do we do when we read this stuff? When we think about how holy God is. That's why I was sitting undone in my office, because I'm going through this, and I'm thinking, oh, God. Well, God knows, and I hope you know, 
we cannot measure up. It's impossible to measure up. But it's not impossible to obey, and God will do his thing in that tangible, awesome presence. Come back in the house of God. You remember the Israelites could not even come near Mount Sinai. They're like, oh, oh. They put a border on it. They went out there like a baseball diamond. They put that white chalk around the pitchers on it, or used to, literally. They did that around the mountain. They said, don't, don't you dare cross that line. You will be struck down dead by the holiness of God. That's how holy. They couldn't even go near the mountain. They had to wash their clothes. You couldn't show up dirty. Look at, look at, look at, look, look, society. I went to the dentist office. You know, the dentist office, you want to be real clean. You brush your teeth about 50 times even on the way there. You want to brush your teeth, tooth it, because you're going to go like, yeah, I like that to the person forever. Last time I went to the dentist to get my teeth, the people walked in with uh, what we would wear pajamas. To the dentist. Down to here. Say, Lord, what has happened to us? And God is saying, I'm about to show up. Don't cross this line. God has lines you can't cross. But don't cross this line. And he goes, wash your clothes. And then he even goes even further. He says, you married people, you abstain from relations with your wives. Stop all that stuff. Their normal habits had to be adjusted. Because Almighty God was about to appear. You can't walk in here and just do your thing. This place should be something special for the holy presence of God. To take it further. So should this place, even more so than this place. You cannot, you better adjust your habits. You better find those lines that God says, whoa, 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 what are you doing? They got shoes on. You know, what's the idea? Well, well, when I come in the house, if I've been doing mulch or walking around cutting grass, I can't be walking in with my shoes. Where's it going to get The type of defilement. What you crunch, what you walk on all through life. What you going, what's your name, what you going, what's this? God's like, ho, 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 you can't just walk in my, what's the matter with you? But we do. We do all the time. Revelation 4, 8, when you go to heaven, you'll be wondering what this is all about. Four beasts had each of them six wings about him. They were full of eyes within. The rest not, they rested not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. They rested not. Holy, 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 constantly, holy, proclaiming his striking holiness. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is, uh, which was and is and is to come. Now look, if we are serious, if you are serious about having a church where the presence of God will dwell and things can happen, you can bring the lost and they can sit in the presence of God and become in their right mind. Just because of the awesomeness of God, you've got to remember this stuff. You must remember this in our pursuit to bring back the presence of God. Other than that, we're just playing church. And you say, well, you didn't do too swift last week. I know it, I know it. But I was in my office going, dear God, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry. I had no right to be agitated, no right to be. 
I am to be a representative. He is exactly the same today. Isn't that different? Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. You better bless God he hasn't changed his mind. God says, I don't change my mind. I told you this, and what man does, that's Old Testament. It's Bible. He is not one degree less holy than he was when he told Moses, hey, take him shoes off. He's not one less degree now because, you know, it's America and it's 2015 and we have computers now and Apple Watch. And he's not one less degree holy. Deuteronomy 32, 15 talks about Jeshurun. The word for Jeshurun is uh, upright one, which is you and I. It's a name for Israel, upright one. You and I are grafted in that vine. You and I are a type of Israel. So you and I are these Jeshurun upright one. So it says, but Jeshurun, the upright one, like me, waxed fat and kick, and thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Dull. We're not getting it. Maybe not even interested. And then he forsook God, which made him, and here it is, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. I think we lightly esteem the word of God, which is lightly esteeming Christ, because he's the word. And when God says, be ye holy, we don't get that, as I am holy. Now man jumps off and gets into skinny ties and no earrings and, oh, please. You laid before God and told God, God, I want to be your vessel. I want to be holy. If you dress him proper, God will move upon you. If you're a man and you're up here just to show off all your six-pack, eight-pack, 12-pack, no-pack, who knows, God will get on you. He'll get on you. He will. You won't be able to even walk straight if God doesn't. He wants to humble you. It doesn't matter what you think you are. Jeshurun, upright ones. We're waxing thick. We're not, it's not penetrating us. Like it's not pricking our hearts like it should. We're not getting it. We're not being moved by. We're lightly esteeming what we read in here. Oh, you read, you've got your little things, your little reminders, and your phone reminds you, and you, all this, but we read them. Lightly esteem means to regard or treat as foolish. What would happen to Moses? He said, take my shoe. What? That's about the dumbest thing I heard. And if he'd have went on, what do you think would have happened to him? He'd have dropped dead. Don't touch the ark. Don't touch the ark. Don't touch the ark. Don't touch the ark. Is there something you don't understand about that? The cattle stumbled. The cart tipped. The ark moved. He went out and grabbed it. Dropped dead. We get mad at God? Why? When God said, don't steal, don't lie, don't have adultery, don't this, don't touch the ark, don't, don't. We reach out and do it. 
stuff happens. And when you start losing the sight of this and start lightly esteeming, like I said before, the presence of God goes like this. It backs off. If you won't change, he says, I'm leaving. And do you understand that the power is with him, not with us? Not with the next song or a new drummer or a new singer or a new preacher. It's with God, the power. We lightly esteem the, the word of God and what he says, and we cannot. And I understand. I'm saying, God, do you understand what you have to work with? Yeah, he knows. If I can't do it, he'll just go over and get the next most handsome guy. He can. No, 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 no. He'll go out on a bank and get one of them rocks. That's a rock. Don't you need me? No, I don't need you. I need a rock. A fish will do my job, or a donkey will do my job. God's holiness is concrete. It's set in stone. No matter what you think, is going to change it. He is literally set apart from the world. Your God is. From all the unclean and corruption. Literally set apart from it. Those who approach him, like you and I, must be the same. We can't go skipping into the presence of God with all the corruption of the world. Or coming in here. God wants you absolutely separated from that which defiles. To be separated to that which is pure. Him. We lightly esteem that stuff. He says this to the scribes and Pharisees. He says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Listen, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of uh, extortion and excuses or excess. We make clean the outside. What does that mean? What's up with that? All just the outside. That's for parents only. You guys are looking pretty good. Or could it be for a parent's only? Good God knows. He says, thou blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. But we don't want to. We want to just clean the outside and go, there. Now we have to learn. We have to learn. The Word of God says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart. Not blessed are they that are perfect. Blessed are they that never sin. It's just impossible. We need to see God because Zanesville needs to see God. Did you see the moon before it was dark? It was out last night. I said, Ruth, look at that. The moon's shining in the day, and I can see it. And then I thought, well, geez, it's reflecting the light of the sun. You should be reflecting it in the day. The sun. We have to learn. Look, the meaning of holy is simple. It's set apart for the service of God. Set apart. 
these instruments, everything set apart for the service of God. I, do we American Christians give half-hearted worship? Could we give half-hearted service? I'm going to take all year and tell you where you can be involved in. By the end of the year, will everybody have something to do? Or I just, you know, I just, well, we're old and we don't drive at night. And, and you're going to stand before him and say that? I think we do. I think we give half-hearted worship. We give half-hearted service. Half-hearted giving. Uh, half-heartedness to the Word of God. But what's God say about that stuff? Now, you're not walking with your little lamb to bring to the Lord or your little goat today. You're not bringing them. I, know, I understand that. That's Old Testament. But is it here, half-hearted? And what did God say to those people? Malachi 1.13 says this, New Living Translation. Uh, you say it's too hard to serve the Lord? And you turn up your noses at my commands, says the Lord of Heaven's armies? Think of it. Animals that are stolen, crippled, and sick are being presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offerings as these, asked the Lord? 14 said, Cursed is the cheat who promises to give a fine ram from his flock but then sacrifices a defective one to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and my name is feared among the nations. And you're giving me this? And we're giving that? Why? Because we lightly esteem the word of God. We don't really need, we live in grace. It's mercy now. If our lives are filled with uncleanness and constant disobedience and flesh, we're guilty. We're just guilty. And we cannot treat this lightly if you're really wanting the presence of God or you're here to place off on. Or whatever we do. Murder, murder. No one murdered anybody. You hate somebody? You're guilty of murder. What it says. Murder, adultery. Oh, I've never had sex outside with my wife. That, hmm, what's the Bible say? Think about it in your heart. Man, woo, wow, look at it. In your heart. Outside, clean. Murder, adultery, greed, stealing, irreverence. They're the things of God. Slander, arrogance, selfishness drive the presence of God away. No, look, the world knows that. You think Baltimore needs a church where the presence of God would come down? You're about this far from Baltimore. Well, I know I'm taking a little bit of... I will, I will hurry. Leviticus 22.9 says this, the priest, that's what he says, the priest must follow my instructions carefully. And I even used most of this, probably New Living, yeah, I forgot to tell you on this one, so that we can just look at it more in our language. The priest must follow my instructions carefully. Otherwise, they will be punished for their sin and will die for violating my instructions. 
I am the Lord who makes them holy. You must follow my instructions carefully. Not lightly or haphazardly. I did three out of, out of ten. 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, in case you think that's only talking about pastors. You are the royal priesthood. You're off to work wherever you are, and you're climbing through the mud or digging this and that. You are a royal priesthood. Driving a truck, whatever it is. Bank teller, school teacher, homemaker. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But I just can't. It's impossible. I can't. He'll do it through you. This is not about you. Leviticus 19, 1 through 4 Again, New Living Translation. The Lord also said to Moses, give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. That's what I'm doing here. You must be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. They were sort of in the market for a car, and some of the new Hondas and new Nissans made that transmission that won't shift. I don't like that. I still like the ones that shift. So I can, yeah, I don't want that. I want the ones that shift. Well, I don't have that option here. I don't like that. You don't have this option, God is saying. I am your Lord. I bought you. I'm holy. You be holy. Give the following instructions, and that's what we're doing. Verse 3. Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father. Well, I don't even know who that lousy person is. It doesn't, didn't say if you know them. Well, I've never seen many. We're not in my life. Yeah, but how do you talk if fathers come up? Well, I, I don't know my dad. Well, that lousy good for us. I understand all the heartaches, but God says you must show great respect for your mother and father, and you must always observe my Sabbath day of rest. That one's off the window. If your kid has a ball game on Sunday, you'll be gone. So what are you telling your child? Baseball over Jesus. Whatever it is. What, what are we going to Car show. I don't know what to pick. You know, every once in a while we're all gone doing something, you know, traveling, whatever, but I'm talking about on, on a whole, on a regular. And then when they're 16 and they're sitting like this in church, you wonder, what's up with him? We brought him all the time. We're like, you want us to really tell you? Ask, well, if you really want, we'll tell you. Ask those leaders that were up there. Observe my Sabbath day of rest. I am the Lord your God. Do not put your trust in idols or make metal images of God for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. These are instructions from God. 
Leviticus 9.11, New Living Translation. Do not steal. Do not deceive or cheat one another. Don't do it. Whatever it is. 1919, you must obey all my decrees. Which ones does that mean we shouldn't? Do not, listen, do not mate two different kinds of animals. We've done that. Now we've got worthless animals that can't produce. Do not plant your field with two different kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven from two different kinds of thread. What's that telling us? God despises all mixture. You serve me and me alone. Not me and this and that and this and then him. Sunday if I can, church maybe. God despises mixture. I didn't look it up and it didn't bring it out for the sake of time. They were married. They were all mixture. God brought them all together and said, get rid of those foreign wives. You were never supposed to have them. God said, get rid of them. Mixed. You have mixed the bloodline. It's intermingled with the world who don't even care about God or church. And then you want to marry people and hope they get saved? Not here. Genesis, look, he's talking about seed. Corn seed, wheat seed. Stop that! God says, don't intermix seed. Don't intermix the woven. Don't intermix the animals. He's setting it up. I don't like mixture. I am a jealous God. I don't think my wife would appreciate if I mixed in another woman. I think I would be enraged if she gets mixing one, one guy a year. God despises all foreign mixture. Scripture I always give you, this camp must be holy. What makes this camp unholy? What you bring in. Now, look, we all got flaws, so none of us should be in here. I understand that. I understand. But if you are in practice of something, that's what hinders. If you're unaware and all of a sudden God brings something to light and then you go through the struggle and you get victory and you fail and you get victory and you fail, that's part of it. But if God brings something to light and you're like, forget it. And you continue and God says, don't touch that, don't touch that, don't take the Babylonian garnet, don't take the wedge of gold, and you do anyway and you hide it and conceal it under secret sin. And then when we go out to battle, we lose, we get killed, people die. Because you affect the whole thing. Unless you think our nation is doing awesome and it's on its way back to God. Some church, somewhere, has got to get this. And I understand that it takes work. And because we haven't been working at it, we're fat and thick, spiritually. Not getting it, not wanting to bother, not even wanting to come back to the house of God for another service. God says, this camp must be holy for the, look, here's the reason, you understand, it's like, oh, for crying out loud. No, look what God wants. It says, for the Lord your God moves around in your camp to protect you and to defeat your enemies. God says, I'm here, the battle's not yours. You just can't pull this up and claim it and live the way you want. 
You can't pull Samson. We are so much mimicking this nation as Samson's life. And I might even get into that later on the Sunday. Shakes himself, knew not the Lord wasn't with him. Then he gets captured, thrown in prison, loses his eyes and dies. That's what's happened to us. Church of America. He says he must not see any shameful thing among you or he will turn away from you. Personally, corporately. New hope. Come on, we cannot be another club. Cannot be another country club, another gathering place, another restaurant. How many times you go up Maple and are building something? You go, oh, that's just another restaurant, another fast food. Foot. Same thing. I hope and pray we're starting to get this picture. I want you to start that song up again, Michael. Let's all please stand. I know it consumes some of your time if you're late for your softball game. Sorry. Not. Seriously, you kill some lights, Patrick. I'm asking you, hopefully you are starting to get this picture. It's just not attending church or going to church or whatever we have made church in our minds. Look, holiness is not religious. Holiness is not religious. Listen to me, it's not. Holiness reflects the very nature of our Creator. It's not a religious thing. It reflects the very nature of our Creator. And it should be involved in every aspect of our life. Holiness. Just like our young guys or young girls need to abstain. I have Ruth, but I need to abstain from all the other women in the world. And I can do it. Through God. So you can do it through God, unless you just pretty lightly esteem the word. God says, don't. Do we do? God says, I'm leaving. We don't even know it. Country's dying. We don't care. Take me into the holy of holies. Remember that part? Take a coal and cleanse my lips. That was just gossiping 10 minutes ago. Or cursing a day ago. Cleanse my... Come on, let's get serious with God. I know you can't look. You can't pull something. It's okay. I'll do it. No, no, no. All you got to do is come and say, God, please, I, I'm willing. I'm, I'm willing, Lord. I see the picture of your holiness and what you want to do here in this city with this church. And I don't want to be the hindering. I'm coming, God. Be holy. Make me holy. Start purging thoughts. Start bringing things to remembrance, things I should stop using, dressing, looking at, watching, whatever it is. Ready, Michael? Fire it up. Take me in. Take me into the Holy of Holies. 
You know this is the place they would tie the big rope onto the high priest. Because if he had sin on the inside, he'd drop dead in the presence of God. And they couldn't go in and get him. They would drop dead. They had to just pull him out. They wore bells on the end of the robe so they would keep tingling so they could hear he's still alive. God hasn't changed. Don't be scared of God. Come on. Remember, this is not about you. This is what separates us. The presence of God separates us of the Lamb. Take me in by the blood. Take new hope in, Lord. Take them in. Let the cleansing begin.